This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Worth Your Time podcast. So today's guest is Leah Wasek, and I'm going to bring her on right now. Hi, Leah. Hi. How are you? I'm great. It's hot here in Minnesota today, but other than that, we're doing well. Awesome. Did I say your last name right? Wasek. It's Wasek. A- I was tricky last name. I was very close. And it's okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for jumping on today. I am a little bit new still to doing the um, interviews on the Instagram live, but I just think it's kind of fun to go yeah. live and My pleasure. Uh, yeah, to do it that way. So, so get us started and tell us a little bit about yourself and your family um, before we launch into questions. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Okay, so my husband and I are teachers here in Minnesota. I teach middle school Spanish, so I have 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, and he is a 3rd grade teacher. We met in college, um, and we're both originally from Minnesota. We have four kids who are 12, 10, 8, and 6. So we are just in the thick of it in parenting, and we both do some coaching um, and just kind of keeping up with all the kids and all their activities, getting busier and busier every year, but we love it. What kind of coaching do you do? Um, so we've he's done some basketball, some golf. I've done some track. Um, sometimes we help out with officiating things at different volunteer things without throughout the district. So just yeah, did. yeah. I was gonna say I'm sure as a parent of four, you get plenty of requests and opportunities yeah. to do things like that. Yeah, um, and teachers too. It's just kind of part of the job. Fill in wherever you can. Yeah. So, so do you guys have anything fun planned for the summer with the family? Well, two years ago, um, we moved to a home with an in-ground pool. So that is kind of the summer plan. Yeah. My husband, I, we were in the house that I thought we were going to live in for the rest of our child rearing years. And he kind of dragged me over here kicking and screaming. (laughs) 
because moving is just hard, you know, it's just a lot. And I really liked the place we were in, but we moved in and then our first summer here was COVID. So there was <laughs> do. So we had a pool to swim in. And now we have been the hottest place in the nation for like a week and a half. So we've had a hundred degree days now for like eight days straight. That's so weird for Minnesota, right? It, six months ago today it was negative twenty two here. <laughs> <laughs> Is Minnesota, wait, Minnesota consider, not considered the Midwest, right? What is it considered? Mm -hmm. It is? Okay, yeah. okay. Because I'm also Midwest and we have weird weather. Like yeah. Too. <laughs> it's very, you know, it, it's a great summer to have a pool, basically. So that's our plan is to hang out out there. And we have a few camping things planned. But other than that, kid activities. Okay, yeah. I mean, when you've got four, you just got to mm -hmm. keep those activities rolling in the summertime. Exactly. I know exactly. Um, well, I want to talk with you about uh, your website and sort of your purpose online, or at least the, the purpose that I've seen that you displayed on your Instagram account. So your Instagram name, obviously, you're talking to me on it, A Generous Life. Um, tell us about that. Tell us about the, uh, the genesis of that. Yeah. So we, about 10 years ago, we were just starting our careers. We had little babies um, and we were at a church service where our pastor challenged us to, well, his exact quote was, you can't outgive God. And it was, it was kind of a challenge to tithing and um, giving of our finances. And so we were interested, but also like who has 10% of their of their paycheck to give away. Um, and so we kind of sat down and figured out our bills and our student loans and our mortgage and daycare and all of it. And we were like, well, there's not 10% left to give. So, uh, but we just kept coming back to it. And finally we just decided if we were gonna do it, it would have to come off the top. It would have to be the first check of the month. And so we kind of decided, well, we're gonna, we're gonna test this theory. And we were both nervous. We didn't know how we were going to make it work. And we did it. And somehow, uh, you know, it, it all worked out. And, and not only did it all work out, but it, it, it was like this boomerang effect. Like we, when we gave, it just came back to us and we ended up being able to pay the bills and then some. So we continued down that path and just started to find different ways to give. And then one day my husband was like, gosh, you know, when you really think about the original command to, to tithe and to give, it, it wasn't money. It was flocks and herds and, and grain and, um, and, you know, God had called the Israelites to give the first and the best of their flocks. And so we were like, well, we have all kinds of resources. We have a house, we have vehicles, we have a pantry full of food. And our pastor had, was also talking at that time about um, the thing that you need the most is the thing that God often calls you to give. So you need a friend, be a friend. You need healing, pray for someone else's healing. Um, and so we, we had four children by that point, and we were like, well, time is, we're, we're short on that. <laughs> so my husband had this idea to, what if we tithed our year? What if we gave away 36 days in our year? So we kind of planned it out, and we researched all these different places, a women's prison that's local here, a food shelf, a homeless shelter. And then we found some global organizations and we made plans to go visit an orphanage in the Dominican. And um, 
just, it was crazy how it all happened. And again, we just saw the faithfulness of the Lord that when we gave, it was just returned to us. Just as he says in his word, a good measure pressed down, overflowing into our laps. And we met the coolest people and we um, just had some really awesome adventures. And so we've just been continuing to explore different ways to give. And the theory holds 100% of the time. You just can't you can't outgive God. He owns it all. And we've really found the the story of the the five loaves and the two fish where Jesus gives thanks for what's not enough and it turns into more than enough to be so true in our lives in every area that we've tried to give. And so we just keep exploring more things that we can give away and share and finding needs in our community and the world. And it's been so fun and it with our finances, I have been able to, um, for six years, go to a part-time position. We were able to move into a different house. So all these things that just didn't seem like they would make sense as we started giving them away. Um, we've just found it to be the upside down backwards way of God that somehow the first are last and the last are first and the rich are poor and, and the poor become rich. And, um, it's been, it's been such an, exciting way to get to know God in this whole new way of trusting him. Yeah. You know, I feel like, I don't know that I've ever heard a story of someone who trusted God with their giving and didn't have that kind of return, you know, because, because it's true. It is true that he promises that return. And, um, I, you know, it has been a battle for me over the years too. tithing. I mean, that is a lot. A 10% is a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and it becomes more and you know the 10% grows and sometimes writing that check or entering that amount online it's big Um, but we've never ever come up short and I just the more we do it the more we're convinced that it's the only way to really not the only way to live but just for us it's just such a beautiful way to live it's you know look back on some of my early years of parenting I I think I was a bit of a hypocrite because <laughs> I'm always telling my kids to share and, 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 um, work with others and, and, and share your toys and things like that. But, you know, we were holding everything with such a tight fist and the more we've loosened our hold on what this world has to offer or what's ours, the more we've seen and the more we've experienced and the more people we've met. And it's just been so incredible to see I guess that God is who he says he is, uh, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hillside and that when you invest in him, there's always going to be a return. It will not return void. So did you start your blog when you started this or was that a later thing? Yeah, no, we did this for like 10 years before we were like, my husband was kind of like, we should write this down. I mean, like some of the experiences we've had and some of the places that we've been. And so I started writing, um, I started blogging about it. And so it's just kind of growing as we continue doing it. We, we would just talk to people and then they kind of, just people in my community even encouraged me like, you should, you should tell people about this. This is, this is cool. This is exciting. So it's kind of growing as we go along, but no, we, we were down this path eight, eight ish years, probably before I ever wrote a word of it down. Wow. That's really cool. Well, I went to your website and I saw a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. So 
Well, first of all, I love the tagline about giving away dollars and days, which you sort of just referenced that. But I think people forget about the days sometimes. Yeah. Um, and and I, you mentioned a couple of things, but what are some other things that you've done with those days? Could you give us some examples? Yeah. Um, so I volunteer at a women's prison, uh, which we're just getting back into that now. So we've had a year and a half of not being able to, to go there. But um, there's a homeless shelter here in Minneapolis that is a old hotel that's been renovated into housing for women and children. So we go there and serve meals. Um, our kids come every once in a while with us, and sometimes we provide childcare for the moms so that they can go to classes. Some of them are working on GEDs and things like that. Um, we pack food there. We also have a Feed My Starving Children here in Minnesota. Are you familiar with that organization? No, I, mm -mm, I don't think so. Okay, so it's a, they have locations all over the U.S., but it's a, it's a food packing facility where you're packing um, like there's a scoop of vitamins, a, a scoop of rice, a scoop of grain, and and then you're sealing it and you're packing just pallets and pallets and pallets of the, these food bags that then get shipped to um, Haiti and other third world countries. Um, so we do that. Our kids have done birthday parties at places like that. It's been really cool to get them involved with us. Um, my husband and I have done date nights at some of the places that I just talked about. Um, there's also a men's campus for the homeless shelter. Um, we have a food pantry here in town. And then um, we've also found, done a lot of research, and we found an orphanage in the Dominican Republic that we just love. And we've been there. We brought our kids with. My husband paints for them. He does some painting during the summers um, when he has time off as a teacher. He paints for people, and so he's done a bunch of painting for them. And then I teach English classes to the kids and some of the staff down there, and our kids just play. So those have been more like we've gone for several weeks at a time. And then other places are just places we've found around where we live. There's a horse therapy ranch that's just outside of town where they take volunteers. Um, they have at-risk kids come in and they get counseling and then they have time with the animals. So they need lots of um, financial support, but then also volunteer hours as far as cleaning and building things. So we go out there a lot, um, but we just kind of sit down. We've done it a couple ways. Sometimes we sit down at the beginning of the year and kind of plan out about three days a month that we want to find a place to serve. Um, and other times we just kind of go month by month. With COVID, it got tricky uh, for how to stay involved physically, uh, um, as in like our time. But there's always a financial need and was even more of that during COVID. So we're really excited now to be getting back into going places. Well, I love involving the kids, obviously. I mean, that's so important. And I, you know, have thought about that too with my kids, thinking like, man, they have everything. How do you teach kids gratitude? How do you teach kids how to be generous? Help them understand that not everybody has all the things that we have. And I'm not sure that I've gotten there yet. And, you know, volunteer opportunities with like a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah are very few, so we may have to wait a little bit. Yeah. But um, tell me about your kids' response and how you've seen it impact them. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I wish I could say that we just have these gems that are grateful for every single thing. <laughs> 
but I actually just wrote a blog post on this a while back. Uh, they fight and they are, you know, will come back from two weeks in the Dominican with kids that have nothing, not one thing. And they're complaining about the speed of our Wi-Fi. It's like, yeah. how is, you know, but I, I guess I, I teach at a middle school. So I understand just how much kids have. And it's not that I want to deny my children any of those things or opportunities, but I just want them to see what is in the world. And I want them to see how different other people's lives are. And I, I don't always, I, it's, it's one of those things where you're planting the seed now and you may not see the fruit until later on. Um, so th their response has been great. Um, They've loved it while we're there. It doesn't always last as long as I want it to <laughs> when we come home. But you're onto something with the older they are, the better it gets. It's hard for that lesson to stick with them when they're little. I think when they're little, it's just whatever's right in front of them. And when our kids were the ages of your kids, we did a lot of date nights. We would um, pay a sitter and we would go and we would serve a meal or we would um, – do some cleaning or whatever was needed. Um, and now that we're able to bring the kids with us, we talk to them about it and we just try to have realistic expectations that they are kids um, and pray that 10, 20, 30 years from now, we're going to see the fruit of giving them opportunities to look away from themselves and see, see the needs around them. And, and hopefully that makes a difference. I, I guess as a middle school teacher, I'm, I'm afraid not to um, give them that experience and, you know, they'll have to do with that what they do with that. Um, but I want to at least model for them what it looks like to, to recognize that there are other people and um, to, to show them that when we do hold things loosely, we, we are, we, we have more space to, to receive as well. It's like when you pour off what's on the top, you have more space, um, to receive the goodness of the Lord in your life. So hopefully we're modeling that for them. Doesn't, it doesn't work a hundred percent of the time, but I do see as they're getting older, our oldest is 12 and it, it does seem to, to click more as they get older. So, you know, you have all these great ideas on your website and you have your newsletter. Um, do you have like plans to formalize anything? Like, I don't know. I know you, you probably don't have time for that kind of thing, but I'm just thinking like, man, I could see like calendars and like, yeah. I don't know, and something that you could like package up so that people could, could use. You have anything like that? Um, well, I've, I've actually, before I started the blog, I wrote, everything down in just a word document. So I'm working on with a publisher on that. And I've kind of been working with a social media coach to get that piece in, as you know, as an author, there's the social media piece and the public publishing piece. So we're working on that. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where that goes. But yeah, th those are great suggestions. I thought about a podcast too. Uh, you know, it just comes down to, to minutes in the day. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it is so hard to do everything, you know, for one. It's like, you're like, oh, I have this great idea. I want to tell people about generosity. But then it's like, yeah, the actual implementation and getting it out there. There's so much to it. It's hard to do it all. You just can't do it all. But um, <clears throat> but you kind of just have to be faithful in what God's leading you to and, and, and just believe that that's where you're supposed to be mm -hmm. at the time. But 
there was a couple other things that you wrote about that you guys do. I'm just looking at my notes. Sorry, <laughs> looking to the side. Um, but okay, so one one thing that was like my favorite thing that I read is is the, the concept of the big give, where you are saving little bits of money here and there for doing something really special, which is really fun. Oh, you know, to be able to surprise somebody. I know. Um, I've always wanted to do something like this, but like never sort of known, like, what is the right thing to do? Like over Christmas, yeah. this was a fun thing we did over Christmas. I was like, look, I just want to like give a hundred dollars to like a random person. But like, I'm like, well, but who should it be? You know? And yeah. so we ended up giving it to the guy at the McDonald's drive through. Yeah. And you know, we were like, here you go. Merry Christmas. We just drove off. But man, it was such a cool thing to do. And that seems like a similar kind of thing. So tell us about this concept. Yeah. So I kind of had this idea that it's, it's great to, to give, you know, you see someone in need, you know, someone in need, you, you, you give what you can at the time, but wouldn't it be awesome if when a need arose, we had thousands of dollars saved to just go, you know, Grand Canyon on it. Yeah. So I went to the bank and of course, you know, we have our checking account and then we have a savings account and then we have four kids. They each have a savings account. And I thought they were going to laugh me right out the door. Like I want to start another savings account. And they were like, no, you can have as many savings accounts as you want. So I was like, really? Okay. So you can set savings accounts up at least at our bank in all sorts of different ways. Like you can set up an account where every time you spend money, it puts a dollar in your account. Kind of the idea of if you have money to spend, you should also have money to save. Mm. Um, you set it up where it puts in, you know, X amount of dollars every week, just gets withdrawn from your checking account and put into savings. There's all different ways that you can do it. So we just started saving um, and putting money into this account. We just call it the big give. And uh, I can see it right on my online banking and I can see it growing. And then when we have a family in our community that has a need, um, we can uh, just the other day, there was somebody who um, this family moved into town or kind of down on their luck and they wanted um, bikes for this family. So like, we're like, Give, yes, we want one of the kids, you know, 14 year old boy. Okay. We go to the, to the store. We got like the coolest bike for a 14 year old, which we just would never have had the extra cash laying around for that if we hadn't been putting money into this. So we've used it for things like that. We've used it for things like giving a really big tip at a restaurant, just not because the service was awesome, but just because we, we wanted to. Um, so we go out for a meal and we just kind of say, you know what, Lord, we're, we're trusting you with this send us that send the right person to our table and we just leave an amount that we know is going to be a blessing to that person. Um, we've done some things that horse ranch that I talked about had some needs a few years back that we were able to give a significant amount for. And the, the consistent dollars over time is great. And I think that, um, organizations need that, but it's also so cool to be able to do something big when a need arises and to just have that money there and set aside earmarked for that. I think everyone should do that. I want to start doing that. That's so, such a cool, cool idea. And, you know, just imagine how, you know, just how, how, how truly blessed someone would feel mm -hmm. and how God may work in their life. Just, you know, having that, just happened to them. Like it's yeah. just,
It's so cool. I love it. And and then you said consistency, and I know you wrote about that too. And I think this is a, something to bring up because, as we all know, like organizations get the vast majority. Many organizations get big majority of their funding at the end of the year, which mm-hmm. is like great, and they plan for that. But like, really, if we believe in something, um, we should be sort of respectful of that organization and try to. Um, put our dollars there every month, which is why they like monthly donors so much um, because they do have to, you know, staff and plan for the whole year. And if more people would sort of spread out their giving over the course of the year, <clears throat> it would be really helpful. So maybe just say a couple things about that or what inspired that post for you. Yeah. Well, actually in our, in our school district, you can sign up to get your paychecks however you want. So you can get like one paycheck for the whole <laughs> If you wow. want, like, can you even imagine what kind of budgeting power that would take? Or you can get like, as teachers, we can get paid just during the school year. Um, or you can choose to get paid smaller paychecks, but have them spread out the whole calendar year or whatever. So I actually got thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, everybody gives, you know, at, at the end of the year, okay, you know, for my tax purposes or whatever, or Christmas kind of is a time where people like to give. But how many organizations can take that amount of money and just foresee everything that they're going to need for the rest of the year and be able to budget for it. So I've actually talked to a lot of the organizations that we partner with and they have said that consistency just matters so much to them that the the big gifts are awesome and it's so great to get the unexpected amounts. So we like to do that. I think, I think that might even be more fun for us um, to just see the, like the look on people's faces or the impact that that can make. But as far as like, if you're the person running the organization, um, they do depend on that consistency. So we also, as I talked about earlier, just at the beginning of the month, that's the first payment that we make is the first 10% off the top goes to um, the the church and the places that we've we've done a lot of research. We've visited the places, so I think that's really important is to make sure that you're finding a place that is a good steward of the finances. Because as we said before, ten percent is no small amount, and we want to make sure that this is going to real people that truly need it. So we've done a lot of research, and um, so we have places that we give to every single month. Um, and then we also have the separate savings account that allows us to just do something big every once in a while. Yeah. I really like, um, giving to multiple places. Like I don't give a lot to, well, I give a lot to my church Mm -hmm. (laughs) outside of the church. Um, I don't give a lot to individuals, organizations, because there's so many great places that I want to support. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'd really rather give consistently little bits each month to these places that I love and want to support than to um, only give like one large amount to one place. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. That's such a good point. And, and, and knowing people that run nonprofits and hearing sort of the uncertainty of like, well, we just don't know if we're going to get the funding. And like right. as a freelancer that works for nonprofits, you know, I've been told like, well, we're not sure if we'll be able to keep you on, you know, come this month because we don't know if we're going to get the funding. And So, um, I think it does really matter. So if you are listening to this and like you have an organization that you like to support, I would highly, highly recommend become becoming a monthly donor because I think that would be, that's just like one more thing you could do for them. But, um, the other thing I was going to say is in in terms of the 10%, I've looked at these numbers, like philanthropy numbers in the country and, you know, Americans are generous for sure. 
But from what I remember, it's not at all close to 10% um, that they're giving. And obviously, as Christians, we sort of have, you know, a separate calling to give 10%. Mm-hmm. But just generally speaking, I think if more people were just thinking and um, intentionally about this, mm-hmm. we could do so much because it's that philanthropy and generosity of people that like really makes the country run. It's what makes um it's what really does provide for people. Um, it's like the government does, you know, what they can, but the government can never, you know, fully provide for people's needs, especially when you get personally involved. Right. I'm going to start to have personal relationships mm-hmm. with the people, which, which is another thing. It's like, ha- get, the, don't just give your money, give your, um, give your time, give your um, communication, your friendship, your relationship, your advocacy, I know that's one of the things that I try to do is, is make sure I'm out there promoting, um, on social media, since I have a little bit of a platform promoting on social media, these places that are doing such good work. So, um, I, I just, I, I love what you're doing. And I just think if we, if we had more people that were waking up every morning and thinking like, how can I be generous today? And, you know, how can I take a little bit of my money and set it aside for someone else? Like that is not at the forefront of our minds. And so that's why I just really love all these things that you're writing about. And you have a lot of, do you have like a list of suggestions um, on your website? I think I saw that you did. Yeah. Yeah. So over on the website, there's <clears throat> today I put up a list of questions that you can ask kids to kind of get them started because, you know, words like generosity and selflessness those are tough words for kids to wrap their brains around. So I just post a list of questions to kind of spark some conversation in your home. If this is something that you're interested in sitting at the supper table, the, the ones for younger kids are just things like what's something that makes your teacher happy. Uh, what's something that makes your friend smile. So you start talking about that and you know how important that is to, to look at other people, to, to spend time thinking about other people and, and what makes them happy. And then the questions progress into, you know, with a, with a middle schooler or a high schooler talking about like, well, what would it mean to you to have a reputation of being generous? Like, mm-hmm. what would that look like? Um, so, you know, you start having these conversations and then even when our kids were too young to really join us, um, we still involve them in decisions about like, okay, well, these are the charities we love, you know, where should we give? This is our money. This is what God calls us to do. So we've always really started with conversations with our kids and, and talk to them about like, well, you know, you're getting a babysitter tonight. Mom and dad are going to the prison to do this thing, or we're going to the horse ranch to do this thing. Um, so I think first of all, talking about it, but then, yeah, we have some suggestions on the website of places that we give some global, global organizations and local and the local ones obviously will be different for ever. You guys wouldn't recognize them, but it might give people some ideas like, oh, yeah, I've never thought of the prison before. I've never thought of a, a therapy um, ranch or something like that. So those are on there. And then also just some ideas for like, well, okay, like here's a list of, of things you could do. Um, and I'm kind of starting to work on like, okay, what, what are some summer ideas? What are some for us here in Minnesota? Winter is a whole lot different. Um, so there's tons of information over there and I just keep adding to it every week. So check it out. And I, I really cannot say enough how it has just changed our life so much and our just, just tiny little shifts in perspective. Like, you know, our, 
the, the amount of a tip that we leave doesn't depend on the service. It depends on our level of generosity. Mm -hmm. So like if we can just change our mindset, just that little, that little turn in perspective, how that just changes so much of how we feel and perceive the world. And, um, it has never, ever returned void to us. We've just always found that I do say that with a little bit of hesitation because I never want it to seem like we're giving to get something. But the truth of the matter is that every time we have ever put anything out into the world and just said, Lord, we trust you with this. Um, it's a sacrifice. It's not something that we, we have extra of, but we're going to put it in your hands. It has always come back to us in one way or another. So I would just encourage you to test theory, try it for a couple months, um, whether it be with time or dollars and it 10% is the amount that we settled on, but you can start with any amount and to see what happens. Yeah, I, I like these questions that you, you mentioned for the little kids because I realize like when we sit down to dinner, I always say, what was the favorite part of your day? Or, you know, mm -hmm. what about you? And I'm only asking about them and like, I should be asking about other people too. <laughs> and, you know, you're so focused on your own kid and like, you mm -hmm. know, you're, like we want to, you know, them to be happy and to build up their self-esteem. But like, I think that's great. Like, I think I want to start that tonight and, and just say like, um, you know, what's something you did for someone else today? Or I know um, in the morning, sometimes we do talk about, like I say, like, oh, make sure you tell your teacher that she looks pretty today or like what's uh, something you can do to make someone smile. But I think it needs to be more intentional. And because kids, obviously, it's just how we're human nature. They're just only focused on themselves. Right. And um, yeah. if you don't redirect that in childhood, it may not ever, you know, sort of uh, level out in adulthood. So, well, and I think as moms too, like we get to the end of the day and, or, you know, supper time, wherever. So I don't have bandwidth to be thinking of like amazing conversation starters. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. when, I, when I was typing out the questions, I was thinking to myself, like, it was good for me to think through it because it, it's, it is so easy to just sit down and be like, how was your day? And, uh, I think if you can kind of just have a list or a couple in the back of your mind that you want to bring up, um, it can really, start some really interesting conversations with kids. I think um, I've been personally surprised by what my own children have come up with. Um, and we've gotten some really good ideas from them. Or they'll just say, yeah, we heard about this thing. And then, you know, Jason and I look into it and we find out, oh, that's really interesting. And then next month we try to kind of incorporate that into things. So um, it, it is fun. And these kids, you know, I, as a teacher, I would never, ever say, that parenting, you know, doesn't have a huge part in things, but there, you know, there's also part of it. They just are who they are. <laughs> and yeah. some of it, you just can't change. And, and I think we got to keep that in perspective too. It's like, we can do what we can. We can plant the seed. We can model good, responsible behavior. And then, you know, they're going to be responsible for their own lives. Um, but I just, I never want people to beat themselves up if their kids, you know, come home from packing food for homeless people and start, you know, fighting over a Barbie. It, it, well, yeah. And, and I, you know, those are the kinds of things that it's later in life because I always say, you know, as a kid, I have so many great examples of my parents being so, so incredibly generous. Like, I mean, they would bring groceries to people. They would, um, I mean, we had people living at our house. <laughs> like, you know, my parents have always been really, really generous. And growing up, you know, that was just, 
you know, I didn't think about it. That's just the way it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't really start to realize all, you know, what they were doing until I would say it was like definitely in my twenties or mid to late twenties where I started to go, wow, like my parents were doing stuff that not a lot of other families were doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that has made a huge impact on me. Like my mom has always been really like my mom was, um, she was the volunteer of the year for special Olympics a couple of years ago. Wow. Um, and she's very, uh, always been a big volunteer person. And so that's always been something where I am thinking about like, okay, I need to be doing this and, um, you know, giving back. And it's, you know, a big part of why I do big brothers, big sisters and some of these other things that I do. And so I think, you know, it's like the more we're doing it, it, it's sort of, um, contagious where people yes. in our lives are going to see that and, and it's going to spark something in them to say, man, I should be doing that. Um, and I just don't think there's enough of it. There's not enough of it. And I, uh, I we have the same thing with our friends are like, take us with you next time. You know, um, you do have to be intentional on the front end. Like a lot of these places are going to ask for a background check. And so it's not always just as easy as like, sure, just join us. Um, but I mean, I also always say too, it's like, <laughs> I never want people to like look at this and be like, oh, this is one more thing that I, I need to do, like add this to the list of things that I'm not doing, you know, well enough or enough of. Um, but it, it is just something that we have just been so blessed by that every time we've said, okay, we're going to give up this, this Friday, we're going to give up this Friday afternoon and evening to do this thing. It's like, oh, all of a sudden something gets canceled on Sunday. Like it, it's, it really is something that you find. It just, it somehow always returns itself to you. And so, um, I, I just always feel like we should definitely be doing these things out of a, of a desire to share and to, to love and to obey the commands of the Lord and not we do, we're all busy, you know? And so, um, it's something that takes some time and intention. Um, but I just cannot think of a time. And as you said at the beginning of this, like anyone who has ever given anything, um, will just say to you, it was the best decision I made. I just, I found so much joy in it. I mean, we had a, we really, when we had our fourth child, we needed a new vehicle. And we had a car that we couldn't all fit in anymore. And we knew this person who needed a car. We gave them the car. And we didn't just get a car like, like, God's not a genie, you know. I'm, I'm not like, I'm just going to snap my fingers and things are going to appear. But we, the, uh, the van that we were looking for and kind of like it came up and we found it for a good price that we could afford. And so it's just like somehow you just, you, you, you. I always tell my kids, you grow what you plant, right? I mean, if you're, if you plant weeds, you're going to be standing in a field of weeds eventually. And if you plant beautiful flowers, you're going to stand in a field of flowers and, and you get to enjoy the beauty of what you, what you put down. So, um, oh wait, I had a thought that I was about to say, I lost it. That's oh, <laughs> well, okay. So I'm just going to wrap it up though with, yeah. um, have you been, do you have any books that you can recommend that you've been reading? Anything you've been listening to podcasts? Oh, by, which by the way, I was going to tell you, 
Um, one of the two books that you sent me that I, cause I won, uh, two books from you. Yes. Generous. Con I, that was so exciting. And, and the other thing I was going to say is like, I loved how you wrapped them up and you put a little note in it. Uh. And like, it was so thoughtful. And I think those little things matter too. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like, wow, like she could have just like thrown those in the mailbox, but she wrapped them up and like, she made it special. And I think. Um, we discount how important those little extras can be for people. So that's yeah. just one more thing. Um, books are another, like, just resources, right? I mean, we always think of just money when we think of, of giving. But, I mean, we have four kids. I love to read. My husband's a teacher. So we just have, we just have books everywhere. We have baskets of books and shelves of books. And so, um, as Eric was mentioning, every Monday we give away books that – and, like – Another thing, oh man, I could go on all day, but another thing that I always say is like, we don't want to give the leftovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really learned a lesson one time when I was making a meal um, at this homeless shelter and I said, well, like, what about dessert? Like, they don't need dessert, right? And the lady who ran the shelter looked at me and said, well, do you eat dessert? And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Like, I want to do unto these people as I would do unto Jesus. If Jesus were here, I would serve him dessert, you know? So anyhow, back to the books, like they're not like raggedy falling apart books. Like these are books that we've loved and they're like our favorites. And so we give them away on Mondays um, when we're done reading them. So if you're interested, yeah, it's over on my Instagram account. Every yeah. Month. And my son loves that. The love letter. Oh, it's such a good, he one. always, I, I never know what book he's going to like, just really be into because sometimes right. you're like, Oh, this is so great. And they're like, I don't like that one. Right. But he loves that one. And I have probably read it to him. I don't know, like 15 times by now. So that was, that was okay. a great one. So I'm so glad we got that. Um, but in terms of your book, other books that you've been oh, reading, yeah. any suggestions? Well, right now I'm on my third time around, uh, with a long obedience in the same direction by Eugene Peterson. Oh, okay message translation of the Bible. And this book is, oh man, I just can't get enough of it. It's all about patience and consistency, which are just two things that we're terrible at, right? I mean, as a teacher, I see it at my students. I see it at my kids. I see it myself. It's just like, we're just such an instant society. And um, he just talks about walking a long distance with Jesus and not veering off the path. And, um, you know, I've seen it with generosity. I've seen it with many aspects of my life, but it's like, you just keep going down that path. You, you experience more of who God is the further you get down the path. And, um, that's a, that's a great book that, um, like I said, I'm on my third time through and I, I learn new stuff every single time I just finished, I uh, just for fun, uh, or like, more pleasure reading, um, the four winds by Kristen Hanna. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so good. She's one of my favorite authors. That's about the depression and the dust bowl. So mm -hmm. after reading that book, I'm like, I'll never complain about anything ever again. Oh, you know? good. Is she, she wrote the nightingale, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That one was like, uh, that was the one that kind of took off. I mean, all yeah. of her books are popular, but this um, one's really good. It's, you know, especially with the pandemic and it's like, Oh, poor me, you know, I can't, you know, go meet my girlfriends for a cup of coffee or whatever. Like, Oh, you read this book. You'll be like, I well, that's funny. My mom, um, you know, is the classic person. That's always like people in America don't know how good they have it today. Mm -hmm. You know? And she, I remember this from during the pandemic, she was watching this 
like 10 part documentary on the dust bowl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. But that that's good. Okay, so both of those suggestions are good for me because number one, I like never read fiction because I have so many nonfiction books I want to read. Like it's just never ending. Yeah. Um, but I keep thinking like I need to read a nonfiction or I need to like, read a fiction book. So I might pick that one up. And then the Eugene Peterson one, people recommend him all the time, and I I know who he is and everything, but I've never read him. So. That has got like, to be my sign that I he's think like it. The Hannah, uh, the Kristen Hannah one, it's thick, so it's a it's a little intimidating. But oh, that's okay. It, it's like four or five page chapters, which I like because it's just like okay, you know, five minutes before bed, ten minutes before bed. <laughs> yeah, I love those those kind of chapters too. You're like, but then you end up reading like seven chapters anyway because uh, you go, like, oh, there's only one more page. She gets to the yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. But those are yeah, I think you would like both of them. Well, I mean. For sure, the Eugene Peterson one, like the stuff that I've read of yours um, and just the stuff that you post, I think you would like it. It's just a lot about like, okay, how do we like, how do we put ourselves, how do we plant ourselves for the Lord um, in a culture that's constantly shifting and everything's changing and opinions are, are changing all the time. And he just really talks about like, we got to keep going. We can't just be like, Oh, that, you know, I, I, I fasted and, and now I'm on to the next thing. Or I, I did this prayer thing for 10 days and now I'm on to that. Like, like, what does it mean to like consistently obey and consistently stick with Jesus for the long haul? And man, it's something I'm so convicted that I need to get better at. Well, any book that you read three times, I yeah. mean, you know, you I, there's, I don't, I'm not much of a rereader. So if I reread something, it is yeah. really good. So mm-hmm. that is motivating me. Okay. Well, uh, Leah, thank you. I just love thank what you, you. And I, I hope everybody that watches this, which I know not a lot of people watch live, but are listening or watching really does go to your profile and go to your website and start implementing some of these things because I just think, you know, instead of waking up in the morning and figuring out what to be outraged about today, we should just be approaching life and everything that we do in humility and asking God, how can I uh, serve someone? See, that's something that, that I read somewhere that I always pops up into my mind. Like, how can you serve someone today? Not, you know, even if you disagree with them, even if they're completely different than you, no matter what it is, like, how can you serve someone? How can you love someone? How can you show Jesus to someone? Mm -hmm. And there, we are so blessed in this country. And most of us, probably most of the people listening in in terms of my demographic, like you do have some extra money and and maybe not extra time, but I think also the time thing that gives us a second to say, do we need to reevaluate our priorities? Right. Like sometimes we need to stop and go into our schedule and say, do I really need this? Like I did that recently and I pulled some things out of my life that I was doing because I just had too much going on. Mm-hmm. If you have too much going on to be generous, then, you know, you pretty much obvious that you need to change something. And, and it's one of those things that when you make the commitment to it, even once or twice, it's, it becomes, I, for lack of a better word, addictive. You just, you just go, God, like, look at these people that live right down the road from us. And they're cool. They're, they're really interesting people. And they have awesome stories. And you get to know people. And it's like, I mean, we're to the point now where we would rather go serve a meal at the homeless shelter together than like go to a nice restaurant. I mean, 
I'm, I'm not opposed to going to a nice restaurant, but like if we had those two options, we'd be like, let's go hang out with the homeless people. It, I don't know. Something about. Yeah. yeah. I think your point about habit too is important because getting started with a new volunteer activity can be intimidating. Like it can be like, cause sometimes, you know, in the past when I've done some volunteer activities, it's kind of like you get there and sometimes you don't know what to do and you feel yeah. awkward. But that's part of the consistency. Once you start doing it regularly, then that goes away because you know what you're there for and you know right. what you're there to do. Um, but it does take some awkwardness and discomfort to get involved with something at first. Yes. Um, but man, I would just challenge people, like, what is that uncomfortable thing that you can do? We're not meant to live comfortable lives. So um, if you're super comfortable and you've noticed comfort, like, I would encourage you to seek out some discomfort. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Leah. I'm so glad thank that we you. connected um, on Instagram. However, we did connect. Uh, I never remember where those sure things began. Amazing. And I, <laughs> he's awesome. And I shared it to my stories and then we started chatting. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we did and I'm glad to know you. And thank you so much for talking um, with us about what you guys are doing and stay in touch. Yes. Sounds great. Thanks, Erica. Okay. This episode was brought to you in part by the Table Podcast at Dallas Theological Seminary. Listen to rotating hosts discuss issues of God and culture to demonstrate theology's relevance in everyday life. Find it on your podcast app. For videos and more, visit dts.edu podcast.